0: He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now.
1: You've got to get people back to not just thinking about listing a property and finding a way to rent it. You've got to start getting people to think like business people and mm-hmm. run businesses and stop trying to grow, like get to a hundred listings and look for look for VC financing. Start slow, build slow, build with structure, mm-hmm. build with profitability in mind. And that, and, you know, and I have a long, I have a long game. It took me 20 years to build AES.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. it took
1: me 20 years, it took me 20 years to build it to where it is today. And I still don't fit and I'm still always looking to improve, but you know, you can't build that overnight. Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform.
0: Hey everybody, before you continue on today's podcast, I want you to hear this message real quick. I'm always talking about the guest experience, but another topic that I love talking about is the team experience. Part of the team experience is safety and ongoing training. There's nothing worse than not knowing how to do your job or not being told when things have been updated, when it comes to policies, procedures, and of course, with everything going on with COVID-19, proper protocol when it comes to cleaning your room or property. So if you're in a hotel or a vacation rental, I highly recommend that you get into the cleaning This is an online course. It's only $20, but if you use my promo code slick talk, 20 gives you 20% off brings it down to $16, super affordable, and it keeps your team informed on updated protocols when it comes to cleaning and sanitizing for COVID-19. While we are, you know, having travel open up and we're seeing an increase in bookings and a lot of last minute stuff, um, you know, Bookings within a day or two of arrival. This is something that you really should be focusing on with your team. So go ahead and hop on to cleaningcertification.com, use the promo code SLICKTALK20, and you'll get your cleaning certification to show your future guests that you are cleaning certified, that you and your team are safe, and using the proper procedures and protective equipment. Thank you guys for tuning in, and now back to today's episode. Welcome back to Slick Talk, The Hospitality Podcast. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and if you've been following the show, you would have heard of this guest that we had back in January for the Mastermind series. It was a very fun series. I had Chris Mon, who is the CEO and founder of iPRAC, and also AES Events, um, which is based out in Cannes, France, and I believe London, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Chris?
1: Yeah, our head office is in London, but we most of us are based in uh, in in, in Cannes.
0: Awesome. Well, welcome back, my friend. So, uh, yeah. it's been it's been a while. We've we've had some crazy stuff happen from the last time you were on the show. Oh. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It's been, a, it's been a wave, huh? It's, uh, yeah. Been, but you know, but I, I believe that it, these challenges are sent to test So, you know, it, it, you only come out stronger the other side. So I think it's important that you know you you welcome it and, and and adapt towards it, and I think I think you'll see a lot of people building stronger businesses after this.
0: I couldn't agree more. It'll, we were, Oh, go ahead. It'll
1: have its it'll have its victims, absolutely. Like any yeah. like you know like any global situation, such as the COVID nineteen will. But you know anything will have its victims. But I think it'll make a lot of the professional operator operate as more sustainable, build some more sustainable businesses, which is good. You know, yeah. it's, uh, you know, sometimes you need a bit of a shock to the system for you to realize how, how bad your business was. Like what happened to me in 2008, I had to restructure my whole business just to survive the 2008 crash. You know, I thought, yeah. I, I thought in, two, in 2008, I thought I was uh, unstoppable. Really, Yeah. until that happens. Until that happens, then you then you realise just how how your business is structured for for such a for such an event. So I think a lot of people during this COVID have realised that they have to restructure their businesses to be more sustainable, and I think that's a good thing.
0: I agree, I, and we're also talking a lot about um, the rising tide of you know the standard in the industry, how you know this really goes into the IPRAC mission. And, um, you know, your number one saying trust and confidence, right? We can't build trust and confidence with all those bad, fraudulent, you know, just low standard mm. um, operators out there. Yeah. Now that most of them get weeded out, this kind of actually helps the initiative, not only just IPRAC, but the industry rising as a whole um, to showcase itself better in a better spotlight.
1: Yeah, as long as we don't let them back in. Exactly. because you know because it's already it's all good i mean we we did need i mean the industry needed a shake-up because it was getting i've always said it's like it's like the wild west and you know you've there's such a a large scale of you know quality and service and what people some people offer what other people are prepared to offer what other people think hospitality what other people think hospitality so to try to get to a level of educating the industry of what is hospitality what mm. is service accommodation what is short-term rentals is not just a matter of putting a as airbnb was founded on an air an air back- mattress on a, on a floor i don't believe that is hospitality yeah. but that's my opinion but i believe that we've got to move forward with higher standards if we're going to create sustainability within the short-term rental sector, you know, like to to compete with hotels, you know, to get that Mm -hmm. same level of respect that hotels have within the short-term rental industry. That's going to take a lot of work in terms of trust and confidence, but also regulation of health and safety and, and, and stopping, you know, making a barrier to entry, you know, there's no barrier to entry. That's the problem. You know, there's no, there's nobody saying, no, you can't come in and operate in this sector. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you want to come in, you come in, you know, mm-hmm. and then you get found out, but you need a bigger barrier to entry. And that comes through regulation, trust and confidence, and logos and certifications like IPRAC um, and alongside some others. But I believe IPRAC's uh, driving it forward in terms of the trust and confidence. You know, we we're, we really are moving at a fast, fast rate in terms of memberships coming on board.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, so for the audience members, that haven't um, maybe listened to our first episode together, or maybe are just now getting onto the show. Um, kind of give us a little reminder of what IPRAC is, um, what you guys do, um, maybe a little backstory. We don't want to go too much because we can always catch people up later, but um, really okay. um, just a quick overview of really what um, IPRAC stands for as a whole. Sure.
1: Okay, well IPRAC stands for International Property Rental Approval Certification, and that's what we are, we're a certification. We go out and approve and certify legitimate operators. So whether you're a property manager or an individual owner, you apply to become IPRAC approved, you apply, we go through the, you go through the robust application process, you provide us with the supporting documents that we require, we do the magic, we approve you, then all of a sudden you become a part of the IPRAC community and you get your IPRAC logo, your certificate, and you can start showcasing trust and confidence. So that's what we do as a platform. Mm -hmm. And we're now in 28 countries. And I think by the end of 2020, we'll have reached 45,000 members.
0: Wow. And so from the guest perspective, what benefits do they have from booking with IPRAC members? Because I know we well, talked about this yeah. in the first episode.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, one of the biggest points is when we, when we were building the iPrack platform, it, ha- we, it wasn't just about having a logo, you know I mean? You probably look around the industry today, you see logo here, trust, 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 cleaning, cleaning, certification, but there's no traceability in them, in them logos. There's no way of tracking who that logo is being issued to. So, anybody can paste and copy it. Mm-hmm. and put it onto a fraudulent website. So what IPRAC, the IPRAC logo, every IPRAC logo, the technology that we have creates a individual, unique IPRAC logo for every every member. And that ID number is linked back to their IPRAC profile. And on that profile, a guest, when they book through an IPRAC member, they can register their booking and they get all of their ins- in their payments to that member guaranteed 100%. So they know that when they book booking with an IPRAP member, they know that their property exists. They know they're booking through a legitimate operator. They mm-hmm. know their payments are guaranteed. And, and one of the biggest things that we say at IPRAP is when you pay, your experience should start. Not when you arrive, when you pay. Mm-hmm. And when you pay, when you pay today a non-IPRAP member, there's a lot of anxiety in the air. You know, You're still, you know, maybe when we get there, it's not the property we thought it would be. Maybe it doesn't exist. And there's a lot of anxiety. So IPRAC diminishes all of that. And it gets you into a state of mind where you know you've booked through a legitimate operator. IPRAC's overseeing it as a third-party verification so that you can book with confidence and enjoy the experience of booking it. So the build-up to your holiday, the build-up to your state. And I think experience... Is just as the build-up experience is just as important as the experience of of the actual holiday, because it's it's part of it. Yeah, the anticipation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but if you've got anxiety or nerves around whether your property is going to exist, or whether you've been scammed, or whether whether you get there and the property's not what you thought it would be, um, that's yeah, that's anticipation. That's you're not comfortable. You're not relaxed. Yeah. You know, you're not telling you, you're not, you know, you're not shouting it from the rooftops with your friends and family, you know, we've booked a villa in Spain. Here we go. You know, you're like, yeah. uh, I'll wait. I'll wait <laughs> till we get the keys.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's wrong. Yeah.
1: You know, that's wrong as an, as an industry, that's wrong. We've got to change that consumer mentality so that when they know they're booking, they, you know, like if somebody books a Marriott in New mm-hmm. York and they know, they, they know they get there the Marriott's Exactly. There. Yeah. You know and we've got to create that same confidence within the short term rental industry, and the only way that we can do that is by having a global membership of viratt members i mean forty five thousand members is a fantastic number yeah and I take my hat and I take my hat off to to the to the team in the uk and to to get to that level, but it's such a small number compared to the to the market side yeah,
0: to the huge so, industry you know yeah. yeah
1: to the huge industry You know, i mean you, you look at five million listings on airbnb you know you've got all these other listings on booking.com so you know we haven't even touched the surface but i believe that the future is trust and confidence and we need to get operators to believe that it, that's that's also the way forward so we can get everybody signed up to be an IPRAC member and then, you know, provide just more confidence and trust within the sector.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, and we'll talk about this a little bit later in the episode, but really the the IPRAC mission does fall into like the destination air concept as well that we've been talking about um, prior to the show and on socials and stuff is that, is the anticipation of experience, right? And so that yes. anticipation needs to be positive. And just like that, you say when you're anxious and not sure that the property's there, that's not part of the that's not part of the industry. Like we don't want that feeling on anybody. We no, don't want that feeling no. on ourselves. We don't want that feeling on any of our family that goes and travels. Like we want confidence and excitement, anticipated buildup of the experience. So absolutely I think it's absolutely that's, and that's,
1: and this is this is one of the points that we make to a lot of property managers because a lot of property managers that we speak to, they will say, no, but we inform, we inform our potential guests that they've got nothing to worry about and it's okay. But, but you know, we tell them. unfortunately that's not enough. You know, they don't know who you are. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how, how many reviews you direct them to, how many positive reviews you direct them to from previous guests or, or how much you, you know, try to convince them that you're a legitimate operator in the back of their mind they're still not comfortable because they don't know who you are and this Mm -hmm. is one of the problems where IPRAC sits above that and kind of monitor what's going on so when you're booking with an IPRAC member you know you're not just directly with that person you know you've got the support of IPRAC sitting there so if that just making sure that everything's happening everything's okay so that, that third party verification is crucial to uh to like you say the destination area to make sure people feel the experience from start to finish. Exactly. And start is when you pay and you're looking forward to that that holiday. It's such such an important part, the the, the build-up. Yeah. You know, to enjoy that.
0: Exactly. I couldn't agree more. And so uh one of the questions I wanted to ask you, because when we were first talking um back in actually before January, we've been talking since October to get the mastermind series up and running and launched. But, um, when we first met you were, you, you travel quite often. So you were kind of all over the place from France to London, to Spain, to, you know, all these places. Um, now Mm -hmm. and we actually, um, you know, almost could have met up during the time of the shorties awards. And I met, I got to meet your uh, colleague, Emma, um, which was an awesome experience. And so, um, that was pre COVID nineteen, and then Shorty's Award and the sur- the short stay show happened. Lockdown, pretty much everybody got you know stuck. So I want to know what is your uh, what was your daily routine? Obviously, you're traveling a lot and being busy, 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 um, with you know pre you know pre COVID stuff. And now, what's your daily routine with quarantine and pretty much the whole world just being shut down?
1: oof well, I didn't re- you know to be honest. I- I didn't really change my routine that much. I mean, I've got quite a strict routine in terms of what I do on a daily basis. From the only thing that changed really was the was the was going to the gym and taking the kids to school. Yeah. So apart from that, we we had to adapt to uh, homeschooling, which was quite tough. But um, the gym that we, you know, I've got a gym at home, so I didn't need to go to the gym outside where I normally go after I've dropped the kids off at school. Mm-hmm. So that kind of changed, but I, we did homeschooling, but you know, my route, I, I'll be totally honest with you. I actually enjoyed the lockdown, you know, because I, for, yeah. like, for, the last tw- for the last 20 years, I've worked here in Cannes, not only in IPAC, as you know, I'm the founder of AES yeah. here in Cannes, and we, man- we manage 250 properties here. And January to June is our busiest time. I mean, we probably work a full 12 months of work in that four-month period, February mm. to June. And I've done that for 20 years, building A, yes. You know, every, every every time there was the MIP in March, MIP TV in April, Film Festival in May, Can Lions in June. So to have that opportunity when all of them four congresses were cancelled and they were put back to 21, you know, after the original, you know, organising all of the contracts and the reimbursements, and the refunds and, and you know, you know, after it was kind of, I was okay with it. But I'm, I'm looking away because I've structured my, you know, I'm quite comfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm comfortable in my lifestyle where, I, I, you know, I could, you know, I don't, re- I'm not really in a, I'm not really in a working. I don't need to work as much. I mean, I work because I'm passionate about what I do. Yeah. So I, I was out there to give a lot of support and and advice to people who were probably struggling a lot more than I was. So that was kind of what I committed myself to during the lockdown, just supporting other businesses where I could mentally, because I know it's very tough to be, to lose money and not know where you are and, and where, where things are going. So I supported a lot of businesses in that way. Um, and the industry, you know, as we know, we did the, the IPAC initiative to try and give back to the industry. So I, I just concentrated really then four months on giving back and, um, and that was what I wanted to do. So that was yeah. my routine, just just giving back and spending some quality time with my kids and my wife and reading a lot. I read some books that I'd bought like five years ago and never got a chance to read. So I've caught up on that and, you know, kind of, I used to slag Netflix off. Now I love it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, yeah, so it kind of it i didn't it didn't bother me, but I could see that, but I didn't go around telling people that because I could see there was a lot of people struggling, so mm-hmm. for me it was just a matter of supporting who I could and giving back to the industry
0: awesome well, I was going to say you brought up a good point, and I've seen um since the pandemic has happened that you guys have still been very active, uh, like you said, the initiative to the industry uh giving iPRAC for free until I believe that August is when he yeah, to go you. Well,
1: yeah. well we originally said uh, that it would be for the month of May
0: mm-hmm. but
1: what we did realize that was still kind of people were still in a very um, emotional state in May, so it was very difficult for people to make that decision to kind of what do we join do we not and so we decided that we would extend it to August just to give people a little bit more time to you know to get round to doing it because we didn't want to, we didn't want to force everybody to do it within a month. Um, originally that's what our plan was, but then we realized that that wasn't very fair. So we decided to extend it. And, um, and it's been, and we've had a better response since we extended it because people have, you know, we've, we've, we've actually had a better response because people just feel more relaxed that they've got more time mm-hmm. to, to get on board with the initiative. But I mean, since the 1st of May, We've had just under two thousand seven hundred um sign-ups.
0: Wow. That's pretty nice. So that's
1: yeah, so I mean it is, it's it's just under two million. It's under two million pounds of investment that mm. we've that I've given back to the industry, which is what I intended to do. So and and now I'm seeing a lot of these operators who've been approved starting to showcase their iPad logo. And uh, We've had a lot of great response back saying that, you know, their conversion rates now increase from like 20% up to 40, 50%. And that will only get better. So, that's, so it's great to see that our initiatives made an impact.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. And I was going to say, uh, back in May, we also saw an article on shorttermrentals.com um, about your partnership mm-hmm. with uh, SafeState in Australia. Um and you guys partnered yes. in a, a six million dollar investment into the Australia short-term rental market yeah. um sector. Yeah. So why was this so yeah. important for an investment in that market for you guys?
1: Well, I'll tell you what it was because in we started seeing a very big um influx in um in inquiries from Australia coming in. I mean we had a we had just under a thousand members in Australia before. end of 2019 but January February started we started seeing a big increase in Australia's um, in the short-term rental sector becoming in interested in IPRAC approval so we thought it was a very big market and when we kind of met with um, Safestay they had an initiative that they were running which we were very excited about because it kind of fits with our ethos of you know Trust and confidence, safety. So, you know, we decided that um, you know we would release some investment to uh, to Australia and try and impact that. That um, and, and we've and it's been it's been fantastic as well. And I mean, one of the other things that kind of supported that was that um, made comfy. You know, Kieran, do you know made do you know made comfy? Oh, uh, I've, I've seen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, they, I think they won the Shorties Award for the best property, global property manager, I believe. Okay. Back in March at, at the yeah. Shorties. And they came to us as well in a, with a kind of, a, they, they wanted to increase their global, you know, showcasing of, of trust and confidence. So they became IPRAC approved uh, at the end of May. And that also had a massive impact in all. And we've just, in, I think, it was about. We must have had about one thousand two hundred um, applicants from Australia in the last six weeks, mm, wow. which is fantastic. You know, yeah. which is like I say, it, it's amazing that we're doing this kind of. But I think you've got to be prepared to invest in your brand, and get your brand out there and support it with other partners. Mm-hmm. I think you know, I've always, I've always said to you, you know, the right, you know, the right partnerships are the key to building big businesses and big brands and we we very we don't just partner with anybody and um and you know so safe stay were a massive they were they they fit they they were a good fit for us so it was a it was a good investment for us we we believed and i think we'll receive the the rewards for that over the next two to three years
0: yeah i was gonna say is um the short-term rental market pretty new concept in australia i've not, like not new but more I haven't heard much of like um, you know yeah. certain articles or any companies that really other than made comfy
1: no uh, I think it's I think yeah I, you're right it's not it's not a it's not a it's not a country that's kind of uh, you know leading that industry yeah
0: so they're, they're, they're more, so probably now more they're hotel kind of, and restaurant based
1: yeah yeah I think yeah. so but I think now I think now when they're they're seeing you know the property market i mean you see that made comfy for example i mean they're they're listing at an extramural rate extramural. Yeah. you know it's it's crazy how many properties they're going to list and and they're obviously leading the way in what people are doing so yeah. or once you start getting big brands doing it and smaller smaller other companies are coming in so australia is going to be a huge market and it's such a huge country so there's a lot yeah. of people who Holiday within their own country, those the staycation Mm -hmm. word. So I think Australia is going to be a massive market for the short term. And you know the Australians like to do things right.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. true.
1: You know they like to do things right. So Mm -hmm. so when we had the opportunity to partner with Safe Stay, that was fantastic. And also, you know, we've made comfy, and we've obviously there's a lot of other agents and owners who've come on board. So. Australia is a big market for us right now. And I think, mm-hmm. I think we'll, uh, we'll ride that train as much as we can, because I think Australia love iPrac.
0: Yeah. 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 No, I, I was going to say the one, like, like you said, the the one thing you've been preaching to me since we've met is good partnerships, build big, big businesses, uh, again, mm-hmm. and for the listeners, iPrac and Slick Talk are partners. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Go Absolutely. check out all the stuff. Um, but I also realized, like you said, like Australia loves to do it right. And I partnered up with a company called Tipsy and they're a learning platform for the hospitality sector, like restaurants, bars, hotels. um, And they, like, like you said, they like to do it right. They're very thorough. That's like the one partnership that I work with. And they're very like, all right, this is this for Instagram. This is for Facebook. This is what we want to do for this. And like very detail oriented. And it's very much appreciated Mm -hmm. because it's, uh, like you said, very well-rounded. Yeah helps keep yeah. me on board too it keeps me it keeps me in check uh so absolutely yeah, yeah no i think it's yeah, awesome good. um well with you know all these initiatives in place what is the goal and outcome desired how do you see this playing into the future of hospitality and the short-term rental segments um and the rise of you know that barrier to entry and standard um oh,
1: well i, I think I, I, I think it's going to change absolutely. I mean, look, you, travel's going to travel's certainly going to change. You know, yeah. so I think, you know, the the staycation market is something that a lot of people are going to have to get on board with because I think that's where the incomes are going to come from. I mean, look, let's let's be straight: the short-term rental. It's all about just putting people in your properties. Doesn't yeah. matter where they come from. Doesn't really yeah. matter whether they're coming from the different country or not. But travel for the next two to three years is not going to be, it's going to be very restricted internationally. So there's not going to be many people, save with business travel. And also the fact that now a lot of companies have adapted to be able to work offline, work from home, work through Zoom. Then a lot of international travel for business will be re- reduced as well, I believe. Because mm-hmm. it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's kind of budget costs. It's like, you know, we're not going to send... Dave and Tim over to London to sign that contract, we'll do it through Zoom Pro. There's yeah. there's 12, there's there's 12 grand saved. So I think a lot of metrics will businesses will start to look at saving money and that'll affect travel. But I also believe that price is going to be key because I think over the next two years there's gonna be far too much product and not enough guests. Yeah. So that's gonna that's gonna make for a very that's gonna make for a price war. And I don't think a lot of people are ready for that. So I think you've got to be prepared. You've got to start preparing yourself now for a price war. And that's depending whether you're a property manager or a property owner. Yeah. You have to decide on what strategy you're going to use. But, um, but the well, certain strategies
0: a, in place. I was going to say, I came from a, a, a hotel market prior to when I quit and went to full-time podcasting, where it's so much inventory that we're always in a price war like there you know it's a destination town for sure, but there were so many rooms, and you know obviously not enough guests mm. to fill them uh it yeah there was always a price war it's It's not fun, but it's also exciting when you come out on top every week, you're like, all right, yep yep yeah well but this
1: is all about yeah it's about your marketing isn't it yeah. it's about how you market your it's how you market your property it's you know some some people are not always looking for the best price. Yeah. You know, some some people aren't interested in searching the market for two or three days trying to find the best price. So it's all about how you do your marketing, but it, it's certainly gonna you have to be ready to be to be to be price adaptable. Because exactly. I think I think the where you are at the minute is, you know, I've always said, you know, driving traffic is one thing, converting it is another. And you've got to be able to know what your conversion tools are. So you've got to have your conversion tools. And, that, and you know, we all said IPRAC. IPRAC is not just a certification. We're also a conversion tool because of the, the direct booking, trust and confidence bridge. So we can actually yeah. help property owners and managers convert rentals because they have that trust factor. So you've got to get your conversion tools. You've got to get that bag out and open it up, and fill it up as much as you can mm-hmm. and have your tool bag full of conversion tools, because that's what's going to be, you know, you, you it's not about sales. It's about being able to convert.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I think that's going to be key to the future. Definitely. Otherwise you'll be sat there thinking I've got these 10 beautiful properties and I can't rent them. Why is that? And, and he is, or and she's not, and I don't understand why I'm not renting my properties and then it's too late. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're in. All of a sudden, your business is struggling, and then you might end up having to close. So you've got to you've got to look at that strategy now and try to see what the future holds. And the future holds price adaptability. You've got to be prepared to to get your price adapted to to suit the market.
0: Well, and another thing we've been talking about on the show, and I think within industry you know networks, is profitability. Right. So revenue is always great, Hmm. but um, getting revenue doesn't mean you're profitable. And so I think conversion no. conversion is a huge key because we talk about this, um, you know, making sure your operating costs are very, you know, at, at a good standard, like where you're selling your, your property for, let's say $300 a night. But if you're costing 500 to flip it and to get it back mm. to the next guest, you're not profitable. You're paying out. Of, you're paying for somebody to stay on your property, or it can. It may not be that significant of a number, right? But let's say, you know, sixteen hundred dollars a night at a big luxury villa, but you are breaking even. Well, there's something mm-hmm. going internally, and so revenue is great. But I think the conversion that you're talking about is a super important tool because not only will conversion help with revenue, but if you have a right profitability margin then that conversion rate is actually saving you, you know, double the amount. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you know, there's, you know, profitability is the word for any business, not just in hospitality. I mean, any business has got to make a profit for a long period of time, otherwise they will close. Mm -hmm. You know, because the last thing you want to do is starting, in in this industry, you've got a lot of, you know, like robbing Peter to pay Paul, which is that old saying of, you know, using somebody else's deposit to pay an owner for somebody else. And then you get into a very, you get into a mess. And I think what you've got to be careful of. And when I spoke to a group of property managers here in Monaco, um, it was uh, in December last year. And I and I spoke to them about it. You know, I said, y- you, "How many of you know what a and L is?"
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and a lot of them looked at me like I was I've come from Mars. Like when you surely you know, so surely you know what a and L is. You're running a business, you know, yeah. a profit and loss. A profit and loss sheet is like the, the first thing that you've got to be to know how to do, but also how to read and yeah. how to study it. So you can see where your where your trends are within the year and how much you how much you're paying out in cleaning and how much you're paying out in in charges and internet and travel and phone and all these different outgoings that you can look at and go, I need to I need to find a way to to bring that cost down and I need to find a way to bring that cost up and I need to find and reduce my marketing strategy but get more out of it. And that's I believe a PL is like a map mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. of your future. You can look at it and study it. I mean I'm some people call me boring for it, but I love looking at a PL. I can look at a business on a p and see just where they're, where they're going wrong, just start, without even visiting the business, just from the P&L. So I think you've got to get people back to not just thinking about listing a property and finding a way to rent it. You've got to start getting people to think like business people mm-hmm. and run businesses and stop trying to grow, like get to 100 listings and look for, look for VC financing. Start slow, build slow, build with structure, mm-hmm. build with profitability in mind. And that and you know, and have a long have a long game. It took me 20 years to build AES. Yeah, exactly. You know,
0: yeah. it Took
1: me 20 years. It took me 20 years to build it to where it is today. And I still don't fit and I'm still always looking to improve. But you know, you can't build that overnight.
0: Yeah, exactly. So
1: you've so I believe that people in this industry have got to take a step back and maybe just look at how they're running their businesses and to see whether they're running it profitable and are they getting a the salary out of it? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, I remember when I built AES. yes, I think the first 18 months, I didn't take a salary, but after that, it was like, you have to get to a point where you're earning a salary. Otherwise, yeah, your business isn't working enough. Your business isn't working if you can't pay yourself a salary Correct. at the start. It's okay. Yeah. But you've got to get to a point where you paying yourself a salary. It might not be big, but you've got to get to that point. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people are not running their their businesses as they should. And I think that's a, a big advice. A, a big advice I would give to people is, and th- you know what? There's no shame in not knowing. It's a matter of admitting that you don't and going yeah. finding out how to do it. That's, exactly. that's 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 the key. It's not, not about... Uh, Of course it is, you know, listen, there's no shame, there's no shame in not knowing something, but you've got to be, you've got, there's a point where you've got to look at it and go, right, I need to educate myself on this, otherwise my business is gonna go down the Mm swanny. And I think that's why, you know, the advice I would give to people is start looking at it from a business point of view, and and building your business for the future, because there's not gonna be a lot of room, you know, And I think they've got to keep an eye also keep an eye on the different certifications and regulations because there is going to be barriers to entries being built Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. the next two, in the next two to three years. And I think you've got to be ready for that also and get your property owners informed as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's our it's our responsibility as as managers, providers, whatever, to really stay up to date with every single thing going on, because that way we can educate. Uh, I think there's a not a lack of education in the space, but I think it's really um, when it, when you have owners that have these properties and you're taking them on for them, they're going to try to do things that maybe aren't allowed to be done, or you know, there's other hoops and things that you, got to have to, you have to educate them on and you have to be aware of what's going on before you get shut down or have to postpone because of this license and permit exactly. And all this other stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's a, there's and a it's lot all, to go and into it's, it.
1: edu- Yeah, and In that you can do through having somebody who's specifically within your organization who can have that community of owners who can advise them on the new regulations that are coming to, to light you know what's happening within the industry, what they can expect for the future, what they should be doing, how they can save money. You know, and and once you start building that community, them owners don't want to go anywhere. And when yeah. they don't want to go anywhere, that means they feel comfortable with your business, which means they're assets to you, and that you can earn money from them. So you want to be making sure that you're managing your own, never leave your owners out in the cold. Yeah. You know, they're just they're just as important. They're just as important as Potential guests. There's a balance, you know. Yeah, we talk. Never we talk about all room. the.
0: Yeah, we talk about all the stakeholders involved in in the experience of hospitality and short-term rentals. And I think, you know, guest experience for sure. Um, the manager stakeholder, so whoever is involved in organizing that experience, and then there's the owner experience because you have to maintain. It's a three-party system, um, and absolutely, when your owners are happy and your guests are happy. Overall, you, you'll you have a sustainable business and making sure profitability and, and yeah. ho- owners staying in, like you said, um, if you're always flipping owners and putting them on your platform and having to take them off because they don't want to be in it anymore or whatever, mm-hmm. that's a costly expense. And uh, the longer you can keep them on your system and in your program and with your company, the more better off you're going to be because, like you said, they trust you. You're making money, they're making money, and the overall guest experience will be better because you're not having well, to flip flop all the. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They, they, you get to a point where, you know, they, they believe the grass isn't always greener. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: you've got to build that, you know, like if you get a newsletter every month from your property management company just telling you what's going on, what they can expect, what new regulations are coming in, what, may, what they might have to invest in in the future. It's like I'm not gonna get that anywhere else. So there's that communication of like, I'm gonna call my property manager. Who who is it? Who do I call? We've got that one girl in our office who's responsible to manage our property owners and they love her. You know, she you know, once a year she has a cocktail where they all go and and we, you know, and, and you know, and I have to go. <laughs> and uh, you know, but it, it's great. It's it's a community of owners, and she's the one who's keeping some of our, I mean, listen, we've got a property that we manage that everybody wants on the Croisette in Cannes, okay? And this goes for more than 150,000 for the film festival. Okay? So you can imagine a company paying over 150,000 euros to rent it for 10 days, okay? Now everybody wants that property, okay? We've had it for 11 years. So that says a lot about what we're building.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: You know, know? so so that that owner receives email after email, after email, I'll offer you more, I'll offer you 160,000, I'll offer you this, I'll offer you that. Give it to me, I'll give you a five year contract. That owner every time, no, 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 I'm happy where I am. But that's that's because we've, obviously we give him a fantastic income, you know, he gets about 460 grand a year out of us throughout Mm -hmm. the whole year. So that, and, and but at the same time, he doesn't want 500,000. He's quite happy with 460 because he knows that AES is doing the job for him. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I believe property managers should be looking to make sure that they have that on board because it makes your stock, having stock in this industry is everything. You know, like if you don't, you know, if somebody emails you and says, I need a three bedroom apartment and you don't have it, then that's kind of critical. So you've got to have the right balance of owners, keep them on board, keep them happy, keep them as a community, keep them informed, keep them part of your family. Then they become part of your business and they feel part of their business, you know, yeah. and, that's, and that's a massive thing I would advise anybody to do. You know, get that owner's community. And once people start talking about, um, oh, we, we're managed by this company, they're fantastic. All of a sudden, you get other owners knocking on your door saying, would you manage my property? Then you start saying, let us have a look at it. And you might say, you know what? No, we, won't, we don't manage that. All of a sudden, you become, you know, I mean, our company here in Cannes, I mean, we refuse maybe, I don't know, 10 a week. Yeah. Cause we just don't, you know, it's, it's not, you know, everybody wants to work with us because we bring the incomes, but we manage our owners very well. So I think the future of short term rentals, people have got to take a step back and see where they can change their business model to become more structured and build more profit and, and more structure and sustainability. That's the mm-hmm. key. You know, yeah. they that, that's what you, they're, they're the key factors you should be looking at right now.
0: hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. That's how we operate our business. We have a partner that strictly works with the investors and, and the owners and makes sure that, you know, everything is up to yeah. standard and, and they refer so many Fantastic. people to us all the time. So it's, yeah, yeah, see? It. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's gold. It's like, it's like having a, you know, when you've, when you've got, when you've got 200 happy owners in a villa, in a, in a small town that's like having 200 staff because mm-hmm. when they're out for dinner, with, when they're out for dinner with their friends, they're talking, Oh, they're great. Oh, they're great. It's, uh, it's all about name awareness as well. So, you know, they work for you when you bring them into your family, but you've got to treat yeah. them right.
0: Correct. 100%. Yeah. Well, awesome. Yeah. Well, um, so we're going to wrap this up a little bit, but, um, okay. I, I really want to, uh, just, I want for the listeners to know, Um, with this whole destination air concept that we've been working on, um, IPRAC is a huge partner involved in the destination air award of 2020. Um, for all the listeners, uh, free trip to Cannes, France, pretty awesome. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. uh, So, uh, you know, two bedroom, uh, bathroom apartment, luxury, uh, just overall beautiful property. I have links on the, on the website for anybody listening, but, um, I just want to say thank you from the bottom food. of my heart. Yeah, it's, it's an awesome awesome to have yeah. you guys involved with that. Uh, and yeah. so I'm just excited to see, like you said, the rising tide of, of standards and destination areas that are born through this time, especially with your guys' initiative and the IPRAC movement. I think it's going to be really key. It's
1: great. It's great education what you're doing with, the, um, you know, with, that, with that initiative because what's happening is you, you're teaching people through an award how to get better at what they do mm-hmm. and, it, and it is all about putting in the it's all about putting in the work putting in the effort if you're passionate about what you're providing your guests then you can be more passionate even get more track you know when there's an award to be won i just think the education that you're doing with that is is brilliant and i think that's why we wanted to get on board mm-hmm. with the with to be the headline sponsor to be able to give that that experience because whoever wins that that prize they're, that's, they're, they're, that's an experience that they're never going to forget mm-hmm. because they're going to arrive in Cannes, they're going to arrive in Nice, they're going to get picked up by a limo, they're going to get brought to a luxury apartment for maybe four people, they're going to go to a, a, a fantastic restaurant in Lesuke where where it's well known for you know Brad Pitt and, and all the stars and myself <laughs> and then and then you're going to get to spend an evening with a guy who is just an, who's just a who's just a fantastic person to sit down with and talk about what you talk about hospitality and building. Mm-hmm. This is an Irish guy who's lived in New York, he's lived in Bel um, Germany, Berlin. Now he's here in Cannes, He owns bars all over the place, and he's just a so that 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 prize itself is all about what you're creating, mm-hmm. and I just think that and I just think that. What, what a great idea for what you've brought to the table. And I just think that's something that's going to grow. I think, I think 2020 will be pretty small, mm-hmm. you know, and I think you should expect that, but as that grows, that's going to be a really recognized award and it's yeah. going to drive people, and it's going to drive people to do better. And that's, and that'll all be on you, Will. So that's a great, I love initiatives that can bring positivity to the industry.
0: So yeah. congratulations and well done. Thank you. No, thank you. I think it's, um, it sparked, it's been like a series of events that's happened leading up to that moment. But I think what I'm really excited for is to uh, create that network of destination heirs that win every year mm-hmm. and to get to do the nitty gritty. It's like a big mastermind and it's going to be like a big, I don't know. I'm just excited to see the outcome. I have a lot of stuff in the works for it, but I just think I is key to what they're doing and what we're doing. So, uh, really mm-hmm. excited um brilliant for everybody who's listening where can they find out more and do you have any final thoughts conclusions for the episode
1: um yes i well you can find us at wwwi prackcom that's the main platform and there's a lot of information on there about who we are what we do and um, i just think you know for, for guests to be more you know Enjoy going out there and booking properties, but be, you know, do your due diligence because I don't want anybody to be out there getting caught out and booking fraudulent properties because it is mm-hmm. happening. So do that, and if you're an operator, just look into how you can do better in terms of showcasing your trust and confidence because it's not always about what you think as an operator; it's about what your guest thinks. Mm-hmm. And I always say that to people put yourself in the position of the guest, not about, about you. Yeah. you know, and as soon as you put yourself in the position of the guest, what would a guest want? And if it's verification and IPAC approval, then great, take it. If it's not, that's fine. But I believe that we need more operators showcasing trust and confidence within the industry so we can grow this industry to be where it should be.
0: Exactly. I couldn't agree more. So awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Chris, for being on the show. Thank you for taking the time. My pleasure. I know, uh, I know this is a, a relaxed time for you, so I think it's it's awesome to always connect and, and get a yes. little bit of face time.
1: Yeah, and anytime you want to to pick a pick a subject and get me on the show, I'll be more than happy.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you, Chris. Thank you, everybody, for listening. All the links and everything that we talked about will be in the show notes, so make sure you uh, follow on social media: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. But then also check out the show notes with all the links. Go to iPrac uh, and just be aware that, you know, we're excited to be partners. So any IPRAC questions or inquiries, feel free to let me know. I will send it up to the team right away. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Chris, for being on, and we will talk soon. Thank you, Will. Pleasure.
1: Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google
0: Podcast. All right, everybody. This is it. The final moments of the Destination Air Award for 2020. I just have to say a quick thank you to all the award sponsors who really made this possible. Thank you guys so much. And thank you to everybody who nominated. Over 40 nominations, and it made this whole thing so hard. I did not expect the... Uh, feedback and the amount of just quality nominees there would be and it just shows how beautiful and in-depth our industry is from all over the world so again thank you guys for taking the time to make this possible by nominating such incredible people and companies all over the globe doing amazing things so I'm going to announce the winners in order of fifth through first place now these five people, or five companies, have been selected for specific reasons for fitting the destination air concept and standards. So I'm just gonna say their names, and then um, I will tag everything in the show notes with their their link, as well as um, some other you know social media stuff where you can see pictures and information about their companies as well. So, if I can get a drum roll, please. Jessica Hinton with Barefoot Vacation Rentals. Fourth place, we have Robin Cragen with Moving Mountains. For third place, we have Bob Gardner with Casel Fichi, And forgive me if I messed that up. And then for second place, we have Ellie Paget with Home Slice Stays. And then for first place, the one that took the gold is Tim Andrews with Ovo Network. For everyone who's listening, just thank you guys for tuning in Congratulations to the five winners of the Destination Air Award and for everybody who was nominated, make sure you check your email box, whether you won or not. I have something in store for everybody. I want to make sure that you are all included in some shape and form, and I have a lot in store for all of you. So thank you. Congratulations to you five. You did amazing work. We believe in you and what you're doing. And so congratulations for the recognition that you deserve and for officially becoming a destination air.